This is the Tribe of Millionaires podcast from Go Abundance. The tribe of healthy, wealthy, generous people who choose to live epic lives. Listen Tuesdays for featured guests and Fridays for Go Abundance member spotlights. But listen always to hear how our guests have grabbed life big. Now, here's your host, Jamie Gruber. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. We got a baller, a baller on today's episode. Matt Onofrio, man, I, I met this guy. I've told you this story, Matt. Uh, I met this guy at, uh, at an event, got to be over a year ago now, in Aspen or Breckenridge. I don't even remember where it was, somewhere in Colorado. And I remember he's this young very tall because I'm a very short guy. And he's his first event. He's kind of like, all right, feeling his way in. And I'm thinking, oh, let me, let me kind of, you know, introduce him, help him out, try to be helpful. Then he starts talking and he starts bringing up the stuff he's doing. And like my jaw was just open. Flash forward like a, a half hour later, I'm walking through a hallway. I see Matt meeting some people. I walk back through the hallway and they all had that same look on their face. This like, well, how, what is this guy doing? It's unbelievable to me. So let me give him a proper intro, but I wanted to at least tell that quick story because we're about to get educated here. So he's the founder of Wild Moose Ventures. He's a GoBundance member. He's an entrepreneur uh, and in two years has scaled up an incredible business. And now he's hobnobbing with the likes of Ed Milet, Ken McElroy, and so many others. He's also now an author of the Insider's Guide to Triple Net Investing. And like I said to him before we started this, I think we need to interview him every three months because his trajectory is just ridiculous right now. So Matt, welcome. <laughs> Jamie, good to be here with you. How are you doing? I'm good, man. It's probably the longest intro you've ever gotten, <laughs> but you deserve it. There's so much more that we could talk about. So man, where to start? Let's start with, uh, for those that may not know your story, let's give that two, three minute beginnings from nurse anesthetist, I think it is, through today in this short time frame. Kind of give me Give me the quick background on you and, and how, how you came to Wild Moose Ventures. Absolutely. Yeah. So I was born in Fort Collins, Colorado. My parents were missionaries. I lived in Mexico from 11 to age 16, came back to the States, didn't know what I wanted to do. I have credits from 10 different colleges, a lot of kind of trying stuff and failure, and then got all the way through having a doctorate in nurse anesthesia and um, really was disillusioned. You know, I was sitting in an operating room and really just felt empty like I was trapped. And I started doing a lot of reading on, you know, I got a hold of Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Another resident surgeon was like rehabbing a 12 unit apartment building. And I'm like, this is interesting. He said, you should listen to this podcast called Bigger Pockets. And that's kind of really where things started for me. That's probably about five years ago. I started the educational piece. Um, and, you know, since then I have done apartments, I've done some single family investing, and then quickly realized to replace my income, I needed to be doing triple net lease property, which allows scale and those kind of things. So now I have a team of 10 and, you know, this month we're doing 11 properties. Um, so it's, it's been a lot of fun buying property for myself and helping others as well. And we're going to talk about some of the results that you've had with this. But real quick, for those that may not be very familiar, can you just give a quick uh, overview on what triple net investing is? Absolutely. So net lease property, triple net lease means that the taxes, insurance, property management, 
maintenance and repairs are passed through to the tenant. And a lot of times you're dealing with better credit tenants. So there's local, regional, national credit. Um, and so the benefit of it is, is it's this, ultimately you're buying a stream of income, no matter what investment you're making. So it's a very predictable stream of income, knowing that your net operating income, we can subtract out our debt service and that's, that's cash flow. Um, so I really liked it a lot and the lenders like it a lot as well. Um, and you can get some really good terms on the bank debt. Makes sense. All right. So let's, let's talk about the beginnings of triple net. So you were doing, like you said, a couple single families, uh, reading in the book, how you were there. And it was like, all right, these are, you know, it's gonna take me a long time to get there. Then you pivoted at some point to triple net. When did you start in earnest with triple net investing? How long ago? We sit here at end of 2021, mm -hmm. as we record this, give me a time frame from here back. When did you start in the triple net journey? May 16th of 2019 was when I closed my first uh, strip mall. So my first deal was a 14 unit apartment building. I had no money. I was in school um, and I found an opportunity. I'd been doing a lot of education, mailing owners, that kind of stuff. And um, we found a 14 unit that they were going to tear down, but uh, they decided to spin it off at the last minute. So I went to a guy and I said, I think I can double your money if you'll let me run this building and you give me 20% equity. And I increased the rents, put coin laundry and washers in the basement, started charging for parking in four months. We sold it. He doubled his money. I had to check for 61000 after tax. And once that, once you get a taste of that, it's hard to go back. Um, so that was my first deal was an apartment building. Then I used physician loans for uh, two homes. I was doing the owner occupant thing where I live in, rent out the rooms, just realized it wasn't scalable and then um, bought a strip mall. So that was my next step. <laughs> Bought a strip mall. And so that was then how many deals with Wild Moose Ventures have you done or just generally, you know, whether it was pre-Wild Moose or with Wild Moose, how many deals have you done from May of 2019 through now, a year or two and a half years later? About a hundred, probably. A hundred deals. All right. And give me a net worth update. Where were you in May of 2019? And if you are comfortable sharing, where is net worth today? Yeah. So I was, had a probably $80,000 uh, when I bought the first strip mall and about 150 million. No. So you were $80,000 in net worth in May of 2019. I thought it was like half a million. It was only 80,000. And when today bought, is 150 yeah. million. Yeah. Okay. All right. We've level set. Now let's dive in. What gave you besides, you know, you read a couple of people kind of, kind of, you know, through the statue, what gave you the, the confidence, the, 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 what opened you up? How did you get so opened up to the idea of like, I don't know, I'm just going to buy. Was it like, youthful ignorance like i didn't know any better so i did it i tripped into it or was no. there intentionality like give me, give me some yeah. steps that you took yeah so i had a mentor and his name's merle and he was 74 years old he was a vice president of a bank he was the number one remax agent in the us in 2013 he sold five hotels on a handwritten purchase agreement for 220 million that was one of his transactions so he was my mentor i meet to, with him to this day Every Monday morning, uh, we meet at 1030 for coffee and donuts. And so I was mentored and my attorney was in his seventies as well that we were using. So it was definitely a team. And, um, I think that they just saw something in me of like, Hey, we're going to invest in this guy and he's not going to go away if we don't, you know? So, right. um, I was relationship building and he was the one who bought me that brought me to strip mall and it was his bank that financed it, you know? So he kind of orchestrated the whole deal. He it was a developer who'd built the building, put the tenants in and was selling it. And Merle came in and said, you know, I think I can talk this developer into giving you a seller carry. 
and we'll record that as a second mortgage, uh, you know, and the bank will be good with that because he was the vice president of the bank. So, I mean, he just helped, he helped me on all angles. Right. And I quickly learned, that was the point that I learned that you can have anything that you want in life. If you'll help other people get what they want. And that's what Merle taught me. And, you know, that's a quote by Zig Ziglar, I believe. And so that that's something that I have continued to see of how can people work together to make deals happen, you know, and, uh, you know, that's, that's really how I got started was having Merle. How did you find Merle? Like, how do you cultivate that initial relationship as a mentor? Was that dumb luck? Or you know, how do you, how do you form that kind of relationship? Because a lot of people, I think would say that like, man, I want a mentor like Merle. How do you find a Merle or how do you cultivate that relationship with Merle? Yeah. So it's like the Pareto principle, like 80% of the deals are getting done by 20% of the people. So all you have to do is start calling commercial brokers in your area and you'll be like, who's the, who are the deal guys? Who are the closers? Right. And you'll quickly be able to sift through. I mean, if you made 10 calls in your local market, you'd probably be able to figure out who they are and you have to be able to earn their trust because a lot of times they already have their 10 guys that own everything in town or what depends on the size of the area you're in, you know? And so I think that, you know, you have to find a way to kind of get into the inner circle and, and be able to provide value to them. Right. So, I mean, he's made seven figures every year since we met on commissions, you know, so he, I, you know, I think that that's the biggest thing is how can I add value to that person so that, you know, they'll be able to, you know, invest in me. But what was your value proposition? Because look, my thing, I hear this and even, you know, I'm sure you get this a lot too, like, hey, how can I add value to you? And I always hate that question because I don't know, like, what do you have? Like, what, what, what value do you have to offer? Like, don't put it on me to figure right. out where you can add value. So how, how did, did, is that, was that the question? Was it simply, hey, how can I add value? Or was there something specific that you, you were able to do or add value to him? Like, how did you create value when you were, you know, pretty green? Yeah. So I think if somebody's pretty green, what they can do is get a partner who can come in and ultimately a broker is going to want to sell property, right? So the natural thing is just be serious and come in and say, here's my buy box. This is what I want to buy and get them to take you seriously to buy a property. And then they're paid a commission from normally the seller at closing and they're able to make money. So there, it's not a, like an hourly thing. It's just, if, if you can get them to take you seriously, that you're going to close on a property, you know, that's ultimately, and, and you got to stair step up. You know, my first deal, the apartment building was 800 and some thousand. And the next deal was two and a quarter. And it just kind of stacked from there. And now, you know, we do 20, 30, $40 million transactions pretty routinely. So, you know, continuing to just escalate slightly, uh, with the broker is is a great way. And just make sure you close along the way. Um, the, what you don't want to do is go put stuff under contract and then and then not perform for them. Yep. That makes sense. All right. You, you are um, like the, the, uh, the key example of like the law of abundance, like things are flowing to you, right? Like, you know, there's this sure. whole, there's a great book called the law of abundance that I read. And it talks about, you know, positive application, meaning like, you know, you're, you're putting, you're putting effort uh -huh. in, and then having like an open receptivity, meaning like I'm open to receiving all that there is out there. What is it that you do? Is there, is there, I don't know, mindset work, coaching, like, what do you do to keep that flow, to, to open up that, that abundant flow, if you will? Like, obviously I, I know, I know you're active and you, you know, you're, you're the application part I get, but how do you receive 
that fast? How do you receive 150 million in net worth from 80,000 in two years? And what I mean by receive, I think you know what I mean, but for those, I don't mean like, how do you take it in? Like, how do you, you know, what bank account does it go and be like, that is a, that is a mindset. You know, I, I am abundant. I, you know, it's Tony Robbins type stuff. I and mean, like, you're like literally tapped into some frequency. Like, how do you, what are some of the things, habits, tactics, coaching, whatever that you might do to tap into this receptivity that you have to abundance flowing your way? Yeah, I think that not getting attached to the results, right? Because if you're just like, I, well, the, the first thing that I did was actually from Brandon Turner. He, I listened to a podcast and he said he had this book called Vivid Vision, right? That Cameron Harold wrote. And I looked at Brandon's vision and it said, you know, he's going to buy $50 million of real estate. Well, at the time I didn't understand he was syndicating. So I wrote my vision and I wrote it down that I'm going to buy $50 million of real estate. And that was in December, 2019. And I did it in 12 months. And obviously I just bought the real estate myself because I didn't know any better. Um, you know, so I think that having, uh, everybody should read the book, Vivid Vision. They should all set a vision and you, it's about setting a goal or a target and a bigger target isn't harder. It's just bigger. And I think that's a really important distinction of setting up your lead, you know, your lead measures and, Hey, this is, you know, James clear book on atomic habits, 1% better, right? It's like, I'm just going to show up every day and my habits will kind of dictate who I become. And it's not about attaching to some outcome. I mean, I still live in a $180,000 house and I drive a truck, you know? So like I'm I mental, I still have work to do, you know, like I probably, you know, just took my first vacation of my life to go fishing down in Cabo, you know, caught 123 pound Marlin, which is really fun. Um, oh, but yeah. you know, I think the big, I also, I did have a performance coach early on. Uh, Jason actually was my performance coach for probably about a year. Now I coach with Joe and actually, um, Ed Milet has agreed to coach me one-on-one, -on -one, um, which is really exciting. He, you know, has 15 coaching clients total. Uh, you know, one is the chancellor of Germany who runs the entire country of Germany, you know? So he's just, I think that it's the law of attraction. I, about two months ago, I just was obsessed with Ed Milet. I'm like, I got to meet this guy. Yeah. He's a Christian like I am. And, um, I got on a call with him and he's like, I want to coach you. And I was like, okay, wow. You know, like just trying to be that, you know, I think that abundance is um, kind of just coming from a frame and an alignment of, I'm going to set these goals and intentions and I can align instantly. So it doesn't have to be like, it doesn't have to be pushed or forced or any of those kind of things. It's like, I'm going to turn the channel and it's like a thermostat too. I'm going to, the proximity of who you put yourself around, which is why I like go abundance so much is I'm going to put myself around people who are going to nat the environment's going to naturally pull me up. And that continues to be true. If you hang out with Ed Milad, who has a 900 million net worth, you're probably going to get wealthier. Right. And it may just be one connection or one, whatever, you know? So I think that's what I've continued to do is who's in your boat. And that's what I wrote in the book. Like, who are those people that are around you that are helping you become that? And what are the expectations of your peer group? Cause if, if your peer group doesn't expect you to do anything, you're probably not going to. And that's why people usually make 10% plus or minus of whatever their parents made. Amazing. Wow. All right. A couple of things I want to, I want to dive into there first on habits. 
So what are some of those habits? Like you said, you're not focused on the result. You're kind of focused on the, the habits to become the person that you've, you've written out in your vision, right? So what are some of those habits? Like explain that. Is that habits like morning routine type of habits? Is it habits like number of offers or number of deals you look at or number of connections you make a week? Like what are the habits that you, that you put in place that you feel served you to be where you are right now? Um, I think that I, I've always been a hard worker, you know, probably. So I think that I, you know, when I started earlier on, it was a number of brokers that I called, you know, yeah. and I just kind of, I've always been kind of go, go, go. So I'm, I, I don't have a story of a four hour work week, you know, mine's are probably 80 or 90, you know, and I, David Osborne says that all the time. He's like, a lot of people got to get really wealthy. You got to put 10 years, you know, 20 years into 10 or uh, right. shrink the time. And, you know, Ed Milet says it this way. He's, he runs a kind of three days, you know, during the day, like six to noon, noon to six, six to mid, you know, so it's that compression of time. And I think I realized quickly as I started to escalate that what got me here isn't going to get me where I want to go. So I used to do everything myself. I used to make all the calls. Well, now I have 10 staff and all of a sudden, just like leverage of money got me my first deals, you know, leverage of other people's time, you know, if my time's worth $30,000 an hour, I can't be out, you know, scheduling a roof inspection. You know, I got to get a property transition specialist who's going to go get all of our, do all that kind of stuff. So I think that the habits right now that are serving me the best are hiring, you know, and having, you know, we're working on, you know, C-level staff. So CEO, COO, CFO, and, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to have all the titles yourself, right? You just have to be the generalist and it's the visionary integrator principle of, Hey, I just have to cast vision, give energy and instill belief and skills in other people. And so I think that when you're starting out, you're going to have to do a lot more of the work yourself. Um, but always paying attention to what are, what's my hour worth. And as that increases, you know, don't be cutting your lawn. Don't be doing your, you know, like hire the cleaner, hire the cook, hire, you know, so as soon as I, that's when I really had explosion in my business was when I started hiring things out and, you know, setting, making sure that I was clear on what my goals were. So Brandon has a 90 day intention journal or whatever, get something where you're, you know, put it on your phone where your lock screen has some of those goals and just, you know, you're looking to look at your phone 400 times a day, you know, find ways to kind of sear it into your conscience. I love that. Steve Harvey has that. He's always talked about having his lock screen reflect all of his visions <laughs> and his goals and everything like, cause you're right. You look at it a ton of times a day. Uh, Ed Milet, and then I want to bring this together, but I want to talk about your your intentionality. Like, I remember you, you and I spoke at one point, like, "Hey, I want to meet Ed Milet," and I think we we tried to go uh, through a route of a, of another connection, and but you just made it happen. Like, what was it? I get that you set the intention, but what was it? If you can give me maybe the, the things you did in order to go from I'm going to meet Ed Milet, I want to meet Ed Milet, I you know, I value this guy, maybe sending him an Instagram message to I see pictures with you and him. And then suddenly you're coaching with him directly. Like, what is that? What did you do? Was it just an onslaught of emails to the guy? <laughs> like, what is, what is the thing that you did after you set the intention? How did you get there? Well, I think that just everybody I talked to, I would bring it up, right. Which is probably why it came up with you and I, but one of my buyers who I closed a deal with had a coach who had been on his podcast and had a good relationship with him. So it was a personal introduction and, you know, then obviously I had to show up on the call so that he would take me seriously. And it was a relationship, but I think that it's 
if you, in the same kind of thing, if you want to be doing triple net or apartments or whatever, start talking to people about it, like start, you know, getting the information and, you know, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so it's what put in stuff that you, that will come out and it just kind of happens. Right. So I've recently come up with a kind of blacklist of people that I want to meet. Right. And so I've put all those names down and, and some of them, some of them are athletes, some of them are, you know, other just influencers in the space. And I'm going to continue to do that. Right. Um, and so we have a direct connection to Grant Cardone. So I'm sure we'll be meeting him in the next couple of months. Um, and, and that's, what's really been fun for me is choosing viewing and, and being real friends with them too. You know, I think that's the biggest thing is how do you find people, get those people in your life? I, you know, I did it early on with Merle, but I think that it's kind of fun. And for me, you know, Tony Robbins said success without fulfillment is failure. And the two things that are really important is growth and contribution. And I believe that some of the growth can be just who am I putting myself around? And so I'm, I, I don't know, that excites me the same way, way that a deal excites me. And that's kind of what it is right now for me is this, what sounds fun. And it sounds fun to go create a community and meet a bunch of people that, you know, I want to be friends with. That's the truth, man. Like I, on this, I share all the time. And I think, you know, my story as well, that I, you know, I had this W2 job. I got my staying power was, but my, my willpower, I guess was in, in a bad way, I say this stronger than yours, meaning I stuck at it 20 years. Like you, you, you trusted your intuition way earlier, which is the smart way to go. But your trajectory is, I mean, a hundred X mine, which is great. I mean, I, I love being around you. I love the fact that I can text you from time to time. I, it's just, it's a, it's a coup for me to be able to be in your network. So you're Ed Milet, you, you're that for me, right? You have to Ed Milet to you. That's you to me right now. So I love cracking open that 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 brain of yours and learning all of this stuff because what you've what what you felt that lack of fulfillment and then pivoted to what feels fulfilling is what is what I've done but you've allowed yourself to to accept the reward of 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 leaning into your authenticity. I'm going somewhere with this and I'm trying to frame the question in in, in a good way but like so Ed Milet you talked about the, yeah, he has the three, six hour days, right? Like why, why is a day 24 hours, right? Like do three days of work in, in, in three, six hour days or whatever the heck it is. Um, you talk about, uh, I forget who the other person that you mentioned about, you know, kind of the push and, and everything, but you work, Oh, David Osborne compress uh, 20 years into 10, right? Mm-hmm. At the same time, you coach with a guy like Jason trees who talks about just follow, you know, what, what's your, uh, what's your authentic voice say? So there's the, there's the side of it. That's like, you know, structure it, you know, do your miracle morning and then do this and do that, like push. Then there's the other side that I feel like Jason Dries talks about. And maybe this is uh, my, my misunderstanding of it. It's more like, Hey, allow, allow, you know, just follow your heart. It doesn't mean you have to cry. Everyone does a, a miracle morning. It doesn't mean you have to, that might not be what's good for you, but I guess, what is it that allow, is there, a, is there something that says, follow your authenticity as Jason says, married with, you know, three, six hour days in one day. Like how do you merge those two philosophies or are they not distinct? Are they kind of the same philosophy? That's like, so like it's a weird question, but I hope, I hope you catch where I'm going with it. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I think that the thing is disconnecting the two. So setting the goal and intention, but then not getting attached to the outcome mm-hmm. so that you can kind of, you can set your vivid vision. You can set these big goals and dreams and you can repeat a morning and night and or those kind of things, but you still um, 
you can't just sit at home either. Right. So I think that you have to set those lead indicators. So I don't think that, I think that they're, it's both of them, you know? And I think that, um, really for, for me, I think that I show up every day and while I set my goals and all that, I've way, way, way exceeded anything that I thought was possible. And I think that, you know, a lot of times we can have resistance to, you know, sensing is something resistance or expansion, right? So am I feeling, and sometimes they can feel very similarly. Am I feeling just an expansion of I'm moving into, you know, unknown or whatever, or am I, am I becoming the bottleneck myself and creating resistance, whether it's to having it, whether it's to getting it, you know, but if you are in, you know, if you are in the right frame, then it's just basically time that needs to bring it to you. Right. So I think that the other thing that I learned is it's about a journey. It's not about an endpoint. What's going on, everybody? It's Jamie. I'm jumping in real quick here because some people are listening to this podcast thinking, man, I hear this guest. I hear what they're talking about. This whole GoBundance thing sounds pretty cool. I'd love to be a part of that. And I would say to you, if you are qualified to be part of GoBundance, you're a millionaire or accredited at the very least, jump on to GoBundance.com and just put your application in. You'll get on a call. It might even be with me where we can talk about what you're trying to do, what you're trying to accomplish, and what it is to be part of this community in depth. Would love to have a conversation with you about that. It's been just so life-changing for me. And for those of you out there that are saying, yeah, sounds great. I would if I were a millionaire or if I were accredited, but I'm not there yet. We've got that now. We've built a program and I run it. I love, love being a part of it. I left my job for it called Emerge and Ascend. Emerge is where you got to start. It's a 12-week intensive sprint goal-setting course. You're going to get curriculum every week. You're going to get live intervention every week. You're going to get connection with GoBundance members every week. You're going to get accountability from like-minded people every week. Jump into that, kill it, and we invite you to Ascend, which is essentially the GoBundance Mastermind without the million-dollar requirement. And we actually even add in coaching to help folks find their purpose, their mission, their values. It's intense. It's, it's everything all wrapped in one. So again, if you're a millionaire or you're at least accredited and you're wondering about this GoBundance thing and that should I, shouldn't I, just apply, throw your name in. You lose nothing. All you do is put your name into an application form. You get on a phone call and then you decide. If you're not yet at that million dollar mark, look at Emerge, GoBundance.com slash Emerge. And what you can do as well is drop my name in there, Jamie, J-A-M-I-E, and we'll knock 200 bucks off the tuition for Emerge. Jump in there and we'll get you started on your journey toward being a whole life millionaire, toward getting to GoBundance, whatever you want. People in Emerge, people in Ascend, people in GoBundance all report back often the changes it's made in their lives financially, relationally, and everywhere else. So go to GoBundance.com, check all of that out, see wherever you are, dive into that particular area of GoBundance, and we'd love to see you inside of the tribe. Now, back to our show. So... um. I can tell you that where I'm here. I'm sure if you ask Osborne and other people, it's a journey. And I think that that's the biggest thing that people have to realize is like, how can you set up so you're able to do your other areas of life on this journey and have it be fun? Because, you know, you're, you're not going to get ever to an end. Do you, do you, have you, do you have a defined purpose for you? Like, have you ever, do you have it like written out or you can regurgitate it or just generally like, what is, what do you feel like your purpose is on this journey in life? Mm -hmm. Generally, is that, is that something that you're anchored to, or is that not really something you think about? 
You know, I think that some of the things that give me purpose are, you know, I go to church, so I, I enjoy giving to my church um, and I find fulfillment because I, you know, believe that there's heaven and I believe that there's eternal reward. Um, I believe that I enjoy helping others too. So like in the same way that I found financial freedom, you know, I enjoy helping my family and other things like that, fi- create passive income and those around me because I remember what it was like to be in that position. So I get, you know, letters all the time and I, people send me stuff and they're like, thank you so much for changing my life. And that is super fulfilling to me. So yeah, will I probably, you know, live in a beach house and have all the stuff that Ed has? Yes, I probably will, but that's not really, what really gives me meaning is my faith and, you know, people, because people are, all that there really is, you know, in terms of that lasts beyond this life. Yeah. Well, you said it earlier, the Zig Ziglar quote, I don't know the exact, but you know, the, the you, you want to, you know, help people. That's how you, that's the, the key to life, right? Giving is living, whatever the, I forget the quote, you could restate yeah. it, but it's the same concept. So, um, all right, well, let's do this then. Let's talk about, let's talk about, let's talk about helping me a little bit, or maybe yeah. other people like sure. you were saying like this triple net thing. Hmm. And in, in your book, you talk about your first deal. Uh, and I mean, I, when people see this book, like you, you go through like every data point. Like here's the here's the the, the price, down payment, seller carry, da, 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 like the cash flow, year one exit. Like it's it's laid out clearly. But let's walk through this. So somebody's sitting listening to this or me, and I'm like, all right, I got some multifamily property. I'm doing some other things. That's that's all good. But triple net is sexy. There's something really really cool about it. To your point, where you don't have to worry about you know the taxes, the insurance, the 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 maintenance, the upkeep. Right? It's it's NOI minus debt. That's your cash flow. So I find a $2 million strip mall, let's just say. I know right now, for those listening, like you're dealing with seven-figure clients, people with seven figures liquid that they can invest. That's the, the level you've grown to. So uh, this isn't something you may be able to dive into with somebody. But, but at the same time, let's talk about, let's talk about if, if I have, I don't know, $100,000, $200,000 uh, liquid or I have access to that money, friends and family that I can pull together, something like that. How do I buy a $2 million strip mall local to me on a, as a triple net, you know, with triple net uh, tenants in it? How, can you walk me through the steps for me to take this 100, 200K and acquire that property cash flow and then go down the path that Matt Onofrio went down? Absolutely. Yeah. So on my first deal, I think that you have, uh, you know, Brandon says that it like a triangle, right? Money, knowledge, and hustle. And you have to have two sides of the triangle. And if you look at the example of my first deal, um, you basically, it all starts with finding a good deal. Okay. So money comes, if you, if you can get good at understanding real estate and understanding value and those kind of things, the, you know, you'll, you'll be able to put the deal together for sure. So, um, first off you, you want to be finding a local lender, whether that's a bank or a credit union and starting to develop, to develop a relationship with them because ultimately, you know, they're your partner because they're going to bring three to four times the amount of money that you're going to bring. And you're, they're going to have to be okay with some creativity. Um, and so what you do on my first deal, I had 80% from the bank, 15% from, uh, in the form of a seller carry. And then I raised the other 5%. So, you know, and you can do that interest only. So I think I was paying 6% on that. But I mean, if you're going just broadly, I mean, there's probably even guys in GoBundance that would lend money at 10% or 12%, or maybe you give them a point up front or something on the back end or whatever. So, 
in this network of GoBundance, there's plenty of ways to structure deals and get creative. And, you know, I think that a couple of things that are important are, you know, having, you know, having some sort of secondary repayment is nice. So if you don't have like the bank, the beautiful thing is the bank is lending based on the asset in terms of, you know, you're going to be able to qualify for a lot more than you were with the home because with the home, there's no rental income. So the asset, that's a liability. Whereas with this building, the asset is offsetting the liability, but they also do like to see a secondary source of repayment. And so, you know, one way to do that is if you have a W-2 job, hang on to the W-2 job for a little bit, get a, you know, get a couple of these loans on the books, um, you know, or have somebody sign with you, right? And then you can offer them something. Maybe they're the one who brings the 5% or 10% or 15 or whatever it is, and they sign in the loan and, you know, a piece of a deal is better than no deal, right? So if you're starting out, you don't have to do your first deal alone. Um, so I think that that's really important of understanding what do I bring to this and what else, what other pieces are missing, but anyways, on the first deal, if you can buy it right, um, you know, there's absolutely value there. So I guess in answer to your question, you need, don't do the deal alone, get some mentors around you, get a broker, get your attorney, get your property manager, get an accountant who knows what they're doing, get a team. It's a team sport. And then, you know, sit down and look through how can I align my capital stack to, you know, generate an infinite return. <laughs> I love it. No, that's great. And so a question on that today in this market, are seller carries still very commonplace in the triple net space? Because I know it's hot right now. People are buying everything they possibly can. Mm -hmm. You know, we're in an, an inflationary environment. Is seller carry still a legitimate strategy? Are you still seeing that executed? Yes. I mean, I think it's education as always. You may have to sit down, you know, we do a lot of direct mail, right? And one of my favorite strategies is actually what's called the sale lease back. So we say I send 25,000 letters a month uh, directly out to sellers. And so here's an example of a deal. I sent a letter to, uh, well, I mean, it's a broad swath, right? So you're not, you know, and then they call in and I've got guys that answer the phone. Um, but basically, if you can do a sale lease back, you go to an owner. So we had an owner who had been running a carpentry company uh, since 1966. They'd been in the building. Okay. Very profitable company. We're like, Hey, if you sign a lease, we can put $4 million in your pocket, you know, sign a lease with yourself. Well, right. when they sign the lease at a nine cap at a seven cap, it's valued at $5 million, you know? Right. And so in that regard, I'm able to structure it so that I just, in a sense, kind of can create a down payment, you know, or I can then flip the property or whatever. And the end buyer is still buying at a seven cap at a rent that's under market rent of like $3 and 50 cents a square foot. And they're buying the buildings at $50 a square foot when it it's a hundred, 150 to build them. So that's what I'm looking, no matter whether I'm buying or I'm helping somebody else buy, the two things we're looking for is under market rents and buying under replacement value. Those are something that are, that's really important, right? Because as the cost of construction continues to rise, you know, you, somebody can't build a building next to yours and charge, you know, similar rent. It's going to be a lot higher and it provides safety for you. So um, a sale leaseback is, is a strategy that I use a lot and it creates a win-win for for seller, for, you know, the person structuring it and, and friend buyer, or if I'm buying it myself. So, um, that's a way that's probably my favorite way 
of structuring deals because everything is completely uh, fluid based on how you want to structure the deal. You're, you can decide, okay, how long do you want the lease to be? How, what do you want the rent to be? What are the bumps in the rent? Is it absolute net, triple net, you know, th- those kind of things. So um, I don't know if that makes sense what I'm saying. It does. So let, let's, let's dive in on a couple of things here. So just to, just to make this very clear. So you, you have a building that's owned by a, a you say carpet a carpet, uh, carpentry. So they carpentry. build cabinets, they build cabinets in the building. Got it. Okay. So they build cabinets in the building. Um, he owns the building right now. The owner of the bills business mm-hmm. owns the building. You buy that building from him for $4 million or whatever, right? Based on your, you know, your analysis of that property. And then he's leasing. So he gets, he gets this influx of cash. So I'm assuming this is the building paid off for him. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, so he gets this influx of cash and then leases back from you but mm-hmm. you've bought this below market value. So you can mm-hmm. flip it at a lower cap rate. You can flip it to the next buyer and just take cash. There's a lease in place, triple net tenant in place. Somebody else buys it. They get their cash flow, right? Or you can hold it. I guess you could hold it and do the same thing, right? You're going to your cash flowing on the property. This is really no difference. Right. Interesting. Well, okay. and, the be- and the beauty is if you can close, I'm at a point where I can close properties cash. Okay. I was going to say, so, is, that, so is if- that a dependency here though? Yeah. Well, no, it's not a dependency because you can assign or double close, but you know, with, in that scenario, I could close the building cash and refinance. Mm. So then if I hold the property, I buy it and then I can refinance and I got the 4 million out immediately that I paid the seller. All of a sudden I don't have money in the property anymore and I'm on to the next one. Gotcha. So that was the other question I was going to ask you. It sounds like the, it sounds like that is your you've got a strategy in place to protect from you know a correction or a down a down uh, turn in the market because that's going to be the question right the ultimate question is okay fast you've gone from zero to three hundred not even sixty zero to three hundred really fast right so what happens if you know cap rates expand a little bit what happens if you know interest rates force a little bit of a cooling of the market like does Matt Onofrio's business model still work? What, what say you on that, my friend? <laughs> yeah. So I always say it's a time in the market, not timing the market, right? It's that concept of the best day to buy real estate is today and yesterday, you know, yesterday and today or whatever, you know, like you yep. sitting on the sidelines, I don't believe is ever a great strategy. Um, right. So I, for me, having a, a cash position is helpful, right? Yeah. And, you know, I basically have all the debt I have. I've, you know, I've got $40 million in cash. Okay. So, I mean, it's going to be very hard for me to go under and, you know, with the buildings that I do, they have longer leases in place. So as you, let's say you have a five, 10 on my fleet farms, I have 18 year leases, you know, that are 2% bumps a year. Okay. So, and they're very strong. So we get to look at the store sales there. There's other, so during due diligence of a property, I'm going to look at what are the store sales. So like out of one of my fleet farms, you know, you can see for the last years that their sales have continued to go up. I'm going to look at vehicle counts, how many vehicles have gone in front of the building. I'm going to look at a technology called Placer AI and it can count foot traffic in and out of the building. And then it can rank it to all of the other stores. And it goes off of like data on your phones, which that's a little bit scary. But anyways, there's super sophisticated data to determine how well a tenant is doing, right? And so all that happens in underwriting. So we're going to underwrite the tenant. And then on top of it, even if rates slightly go up, by the time you have to refinance into that higher rate, you will have paid down a lot of debt. 
right? So, okay, I'm paying a little of 1% higher rates on a lower amount, which equals the same amount, you know? Mm. So in addition to keeping, you know, reserves, I'm also, you know, debt is a hedge against inflation um, because, you know, CPI, the consumer price index or inflation is six, 7% this year. So if we're getting money from the banks at sub 4%, you're essentially have a negative cost of capital. So in debt is actually a hedge against the inflation that's coming. And, you know, whether that's temporary or real, that's a different discussion. Um, but, you know, I actually see debt as a positive thing. And that's one of the mindset shifts that I talk about in the book. And, you know, in the book, we have, there, there are kind of four mindset shifts. And I can say them really quick. It's active to passive income, income or cash flow to net worth. I started thinking about net worth a lot more when I was looking at a, my personal financial statement, six figures to seven and beyond, meaning just put a zero behind it and then debt negative to debt positive. And so I think that those are really helpful of this concept of, especially for these younger guys in GoBundance, I mean, you can choose your net worth. And if it's, if it's true that, you know, if you take out a million dollars in, in uh, real estate debt and a tenant pays it off, that's also true with two, four, eight, 16, hundred million, you know? So I think that's what I, I'm 30 years old, you know, and if you own a hundred million in assets, obviously that's going to pay off as well. So I think that that, that's what I learned is leverage. And, you know, not only is the loan paying down, I'm cash flowing, they're appreciating, but most of all, they're depreciating if you're making a lot of money. And, you know, my adjusted gross income last year was negative 13 million because we're able to take bonus and accelerated depreciation and wash it out. And that's what a lot of people need to know is taxes is your number one expense, not your lattes, not your gas, you know, and right. Yeah. So finding a way, like, especially a lot of the guys are real estate guys here. So like if they can file real, real estate professional status, don't pay tax. If you're paying tax, you're doing something wrong, most likely. Now, it's nice to pay tax every little bit because when you pay tax, you reset how far back the IRS can do an audit. So an IRS can audit back to when you, um, all the way back through when, if you've lost money for 10 years, they can go all the way back and three years behind that. You know, so, you know, my accountant, and that's why like Tom Wheelwright is a great accountant. i mine was an IRS auditor for seven years. Like, getting a proactive tax accountant, I think is really important to have that them as a member on your team. Wow. Wow. There's so much in there. So much in there. Okay. Uh, let's talk a bit more about the book since you brought it up. Uh, uh, Inve- uh, Insider's Guide to Triple Net Investing. Uh, I've got an advanced copy. Thank you for that. Um, I'm about a third of the way through. It is meaty. It's really meaty. What are you looking to accomplish with the book? And then give us timelines. When do we expect to see this book out and so on and so forth? Yeah. So Bigger Pockets is publishing at the end of September. Um, you know, what I wanted to accomplish with it is uh, tell a story, right? There's a lot of stories in the book, not only mine, but a lot of people who have had 10 rental homes and they've been buying one every year. And then they are able to sell that and go into triple net. And it shows kind of the, that transition um, and thinking bigger sooner. Um, and so I think that what I want to do with the book is I can't work with all the people that reach out to me. And ultimately I'm working with buyers who, you know, are significantly, uh, you know, they're looking for larger properties, right? So I want to be able to have something when people reach out and say, Matt, can you help me? It's like, here's a book. If I can't work with you, uh, you know, at least I'm able to help you with some of the knowledge and be able to get you off the ground, you know, doing your first property on your own. And, you know, I just felt like, 
find my goal is to create freedom with the book to help people be able to do what they want to in their life by creating passive income. And if I hadn't done this, I'd still be sitting in an operating room pushing drugs, you know, like yeah. literally, I mean, October of last year, I was still putting people to sleep, you know, yeah. part-time. So, um, I think my goal is that it just creates a lot of freedom and that people can do what they want to with their life, whether that's time with family or, you know, other, other things that they really want. The book is so, I mean, I love, I was saying to you, it's got this sort of, um, you've got the tactic, you got all the tactics you could want, specific examples of deals. I mean, it's all there. The, the, the how is all there, right? But then you anchor it into mindset. I, I think you, you've almost structured the book, maybe intentionally, maybe not. Well, it was intentional. Hey, let me give you some information. And then I'm going to kind of like bring you into the mindset piece of this, right? That's how I'm reading the book, at least. And one of the things you talked about, I texted you this segment because it was I just, I, I thought it was a great analogy, was driving two different cars, right? Uh, imagine people in two different cars. One's on their way to Disney, Disneyland. Uh, I'm sorry. They're both on their way to Disneyland. Excuse me. Destination the same. But, but anyway, do you want to go through this? example? I love this example. Can you give me the, the genesis of this just so fo folks out there can get a sense of what you talk about in this book and the shifts that you're providing with some of the mindset stuff? Yeah. Well, you can choose suffering or you can choose joy, right? And I think that that's what this example depicts is you can be going to Disneyland to go on the rides and, you know, you're looking for um, that, ex that experience, or you can be going there just as a commuter to work your job and kind of punch the clock. And I think that it just depicts that 75% is mindset. You know, I mean, it's really, um, yeah, I, I, I just think in my journey, most of what my success can be attributed to is, is, is mindset. So I like that picture of the, they can be both be doing the same thing in life and can be having very different experiences. And the quality of your life is the, is the quality of the emotions that you have. And, you know, that is, I want to choose joy in my life and I, I want to be able to pursue my passion. And, you know, I think that that's what that example depicts. It's amazing. It's amazing. Uh, we had a, a, do you know Anthony Tolliver? Have you met him yet? I think I've heard him. Yeah. Yeah. He's a basketball player in Gobundance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you know, when you, he's your height. I mean, you're yeah. a giant as well. So you guys are all up in the stratosphere, but he talked about that as well. Going so far as actually on the podcast recently, I don't know when that is out versus this one, but uh, he talked about, you know, how your how much power your mind has to the point of an example of a woman who was convinced she was pregnant and everything manifested that way, except for being pregnant. Her body changed. She got morning sickness. She had like the belly, the whole nine that she went to die. Like, you were never pregnant, but her mind convinced her that she wasn't her body reacted to it. So your point, and you hear this from guys time after time, Ed Milet, uh, Gary V, you, David Osborne, it's it's not the how, it's the mindset. Like the how comes with like, when you have the right mindset, when you open yourself up. So it's just a, it's a, a repeatable lesson that needs to get out there. So I appreciate you pouring that out there. Let me ask you this, because we've got, and we'll, we'll, we'll wrap this up because we're a little bit over time and I appreciate you, you bearing with me. But we've got all these pillars in GoBundance. You know, there's horizontal income, there's relationships, there's contribution, all of that stuff. You have, um, you're the, the epitome of being comfortable being uncomfortable, right? You've obviously, you've expanded your comfort zone dramatically across so many areas. Where do you need to get uncomfortable? What garden, what area, what part of your life do you feel still that you're a little comfortable and you need to get uncomfortable? And, you know, I think that continuing to work on relationships, continuing to work on, you know, like I want to get a trainer as well. Like at the gym, I go in and just run, but I think intentionality of, okay, how can I, 
and like I have my executive assistant, so she's scheduling me to go in and actually have a trainer at the gym and actually take time off and go on, you know, vacations and actually invest more in relationships that are outside of business. So that's where a lot of my goals are around are, you know, I did a kind of a goal setting uh, retreat with Brandon Turner. And basically he, he, the two areas I wanted to work on were kind of recreation, like just, Hey, I'm going to just go do something fun to do something fun, which, you know, and then also relationship and continuing to work there on dating, those kind of things. Cause ultimately I want to be married and have kids and that kind of a thing. So those are the areas that are, I'm continuing to work on and there's always room for growth. I haven't arrived in any area. So, um, absolutely want to keep pushing forward. And that's why I love go abundance so much is cause it, it helps you, you know, focus on all the gardens and, and be a well-rounded person. Amazing, man. Thanks so much for all of what you gave me today uh, and gave the audience today. Where should people go to learn more about the book, learn more about what you're doing, wherever you want to direct folks? Yeah. So mattonafrio.com, they can go and put their email in so they can get on that kind of pre-page for the book. Mm-hmm. And wildmoosventures.com uh, is where you can go if you want to connect with my company. Matt.onafrio on Instagram. You can follow social. Um, but we're going to just continue to keep delivering content and got some fun podcasts coming out. And, you know, so I, I think we can, we can help people not just with triple net stuff, but just with mindset in general and, and, uh, yeah, excited to continue to grow together. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see the next level of you. It's like, you know, all of a sudden you pop up on, on Instagram or whatever. And it's like, my God, who is he not around right now? So I can only imagine that you'll be with, what is it? Angela Merkel or whoever the hell the chancellor of Germany, (laughs) that'll be your next, uh, you know, high five that you'll be doing in some photo on Instagram. So brother, I appreciate you doing this. Thanks for coming on. I'll send you the check for 30,000. I had you for an hour. I'll send you the check for 30,000 to make sure you're compensated for this, but I appreciate you doing this and, uh, yeah, look forward to seeing you soon. Jamie, great as always. Take care, buddy. Hi, brother. The wrong tribe confounds. The right tribe compounds. Get your free copy of the runaway bestseller, Tribe of Millionaires, a $20 value at tribeofmillionaires.com free. Just pay the shipping. That's tribeofmillionaires.com. Thank you for tuning in to the Go Abundance podcast. We hope to see you at a live event in the near future. If you're new to us, here's a quick explanation of our programs. Number one, Emerge, a web-based journey for millionaires to be. Number two, Ascend, an interactive mastermind, the next stage of our journey. Number three, GoBundance Elite, the original tribe of millionaires. Number four, GoBundance Champions, five million net worth and above. Number five, GoBundance Women, a tribe of amazing badass women. For detailed information on all five of these, simply find us at GoBundance.com. Until then, grab life big.